Hi, just a quick editor's note. Our recording program did not record Mia's audio for the second half, so this episode will be cut short, but I figure it's better give you something than nothing at all. All right, thank you. Hi, we're the fake goth girls. We're fake goths. And fake girls. I'm Liz Loxley, and my pronouns are they, them. And I'm Mia Moore, and my pronouns are also they, them. If you'd like to get in touch, you can send us an email over at to fakegothgirls at gmail.com. If you'd like to throw a coin our way or perhaps purchase our enamel pen, check out our coffee at ko-fi.com slash fakegothgirls. Also, you can find us at fakegothgirls.com. I just realized we should probably add that to this because we do maintenance that. <laughs> hey, we have a website. It's just a card, <laughs> but it's nice. Um, that way you can find all our links there. Uh, I will change that for next week if I remember. All right. <laughs> Hey Mia, what's bringing you joy this week? This last week, I got to go to an actual in-person event, um, which as you know, if you are a listener of the pod, I am being very picky about because of the ongoing pandemic and the fact that I have a toddler, so my priorities have shifted, but especially the pandemic. Um, and I'm so glad I went because it was actually one of those events that was restorative and I left inspired and just incredibly glad that I went. And uh, it was in New Orleans. It was hosted by a plural site and it was called Link. And um, it was all sorts of different developer education folks getting together and talking about uh, our field and making content and, you know, how to how to do things better. And it was just it was just a really great experience. And I, I literally spent an entire stream talking about it. So I won't go into as much detail here. But um, I know a lot of us are limiting our travel and even like how much we go to stores and stuff um, due to everything, um, due to the ongoing uncomfortableness. Uh, and and I am too, but it's nice when you do take a risk and do a riskier thing and it's actually worth it. <laughs> yeah. I have two questions for you. One, have you sure. uploaded the VOD so I can put a link in the notes? I sure have. It's on my YouTube already. All right. And there will be a VOD for when they talked about their experience on there. And then for the podcast, what was your favorite or most memorable part? Um, so honestly, I think with most events, it's usually about the people um, more than like, yeah, the topic is cool. Yeah, it's cool that you all have something in common as to why you're there. But I was most excited to meet several people that I had known online for a while now, or like even some folks that I had worked with, but just hadn't met in person yet. Um, that was deeply exciting to me. There ended up being a lot of people there who I'm like, I don't want to say fans of their work, but like, that's what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and several of them I got to have like extended conversations with and we clicked and it was just nice putting like names and faces together and being like, oh yeah, I really am a big fan of that one video you did or, or whatever. Um, if I had to pick an actual like part of the conference, um, they had a live streaming studio that was open to anyone who wanted to do whatever topic. So they just had like two full days full of uh, like time slots that you could pick. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to organize anything like whatever. Um, but I ended up being on three different, uh, I don't know, maybe panels isn't the right word, but like three different live streams. One was a recording of a podcast. One was um, all about ADHD and working in tech with ADHD. And one was about streaming on Twitch and streaming live coding specifically. Um, and that was really fun because it was very collaborative and uh, I really had a good time being on all those different things. And, and Lord knows I have opinions. So I'm like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and you've retweeted most of those, right? Yeah. 
yeah so if you would like to see those you can find them on their twitter at more. bless you um <laughs> yeah because i'm not good at this stuff yeah I've, I've retweeted most of them um and will continue to do so as as i continue to see them <laughs> yeah. um sorry I don't, we're recording significantly earlier than we normally do. And my brain is like functioning so much more than usual. And so it's like giving me like so many like things. I'm just like, shut up. You know, I was like, oh, let's record earlier because I'm not working this week. So we can. And then I forgot that like, I didn't take my Adderall today. Like I did not prepare <laughs> for this, but that's fine. I mean, I have, uh, we all know I haven't had Adderall, but that will more updates on that later. Uh <laughs> What is uh, what is bringing you joy this week, Liz? Uh, so earlier today, I had to take my mom to the doctor, and I went to like while they were while she was there, I went to a like small coffee shop, got a coffee because I had one yesterday. It was really good, and then I went back and drew in the parking lot. And then after that, uh, I kind of have like a rule that if you go to the doctor or do something that's been really hard for you, you always get a treat. And so asked beforehand, I asked mom if she wanted to go to Starbucks. And so the only reason I'm saying this is because I don't know. It's funny to me that I wasn't going to Starbucks for me this time. <laughs> uh, so we went to Starbucks and I went to one that had all the things that my mom likes in stock. So that changes which one I go to. And that happens to be in the parking lot of the Kroger that she gets her cigarettes from. So she's like, oh, wait, is this the Kroger? I'm like, it is. She's like, OK, you're going to drop me off before I <laughs> and I was like, all right, boss. So it was just me in the car. And I um, get to the uh, speaker. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, mobile order for Liz. Because I always do mobile order because my mom orders frappuccinos. So I want to give them like 10 minutes to make it. Uh, I always do them because drink names are embarrassingly long. And I hate saying them. Yeah. I'm trying to get like, I'm trying to do some... Uh, exposure therapy and occasionally like the other coffee place I didn't because I was like all right you're only ordering one coffee it'll be fine <laughs> I've tried to get better at it um so uh, uh anyways so I get there and I could hear that the person was trans especially like you know early transition um trans women tend to have a very similar way they lilt their voices and I was like excited obviously because I don't have <laughs> I don't get to have a lot of queer interactions where I live because I live in an extremely far right area. And um, like QAnon has meetings here a lot. Like people are getting arrested by the FBI, like in the neighborhood behind me a lot. Jesus Christ. Um, so <laughs> it's very fun. I can't wait to move. Anyways, when uh, first off, she's very cute, like, Obviously. black hair bangs like a little bandana adorable and uh once she sees me she can also tell i'm queer like you know we can well, i was clock. gonna say like <laughs> the turfs think they can clock trans women but the only people that can clock trans people are other trans people in my experience oh yeah and then uh it the most like queer thing happened because okay i'm the uh, um, the other trans person in this town is also at this Starbucks and she just goes, I like your Medusa. And I'm just like, that is the most, I see that you're also gay that I have gotten <laughs> in such a long time. <laughs> and so here Honestly, I am with... because I wear a mask everywhere, I feel like people like, 
people already read me as straight and cis and because i wear a mask everywhere i'm like nobody knows i have piercings like (laughs) (laughs) i know in drive-thrus i'm so much more obviously like the kind of person i am so in drive-thrus like the kids kids really like me because they could see i'm like an elder living the lifestyle that they want to live yeah Uh, so i tend to drive-thrus actually tend to be a pretty positive experience for me but i'm still terrified of them (laughs) You're like, wow, I'm affirming. I'm, I'm being sure affirmed I right now. Be quiet. Oh, right. I'm sorry. Siri wanted right, to join Siri. the podcast. Uh, but yeah, it was one of Siri. It was one of those things where like, you know, like on TikTok, the kids always joke about like, how, how do you uh, say like, oh, I see you're queer. It's like, oh, <laughs> oat milk. Uh, I like your, I like your piercings. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> and I just saw like a TikTok of that yesterday. I'm like, it's so true. And then it happened to me and I was like, mm, bliss. And I told my mom immediately after. I was like, mom, I just had a real gay moment. It was great. I love gay people. Um, <laughs> and also, um, I feel like when you become a regular at Starbucks, because we're now regulars at the one near us, um, I think I've talked about Friday treat day on here, but when you have a Starbucks that's immediately next to your daycare, you have to start setting some limits pretty quickly, it turns out. Um, and ours is we we get Starbucks every Friday. Uh, I will say I, it's Tuesday as of recording. I did get Starbucks yesterday, but that's because we had a hard night. Um, <laughs> You're allowed um, but, to have more treats than that. <laughs> right, but that's like, it, it keeps it in check a little bit because for a while it was like, I don't know, I had a slightly rough morning. You want to get Starbucks? And that was getting out of hand. Um, totally. I get it. But the people there that recognize us, they are so friendly and so nice. And like, I, I think especially I'm usually the one doing the drop off. So I'm usually there by myself and like they see my full like messy dropping my kid off at daycare, like bike shorts look. So I think they see like the tattoos and the piercings and whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, you get me. You kids get me. You keep me young. <laughs> yeah, right. There is nothing like just being like, I don't know. I immediately just wanted to adopt her and be like, I would like to be your elder, please. (laughs) No, for real. And like, I don't know. I'm so emotional about like having queer elders now that I know more about, you know, the varying genocides that have been placed onto queer people in general, but also just like how different my life would have been if I'd had someone queer in my life who'd been like, hey, it's okay that you're weird. Although it turns out you're also autistic. Oops, sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know. I just, I want to be that for so many kids. Um, And when I see like, especially like not not the grown ones because obviously if you're grown enough to be like you have a job and you're external about your your gender weirdness then like you're probably doing okay but especially like really young kids I'm like I want to tell you that it's all good you know yeah that's actually a huge reason why I started being so visibly queer is because I wanted like other people to see that and be like okay well they're clearly in their 30s and they're still acting like this so yeah there is a future for me yeah well um i saw a tweet the other day that was like i'm done coming out to people if you can't tell i'm a little gay that's not on me and i'm like that's actually my big mood right now because like (laughs) that's always been my mood (laughs) well i've been so insecure about it i guess over the years because like i knew i was bi but i read really feminine and really like straight and whatever and like i care less now than i used to especially because like i do flag so hard that if you're queer and you can't tell then that's on you and if you're straight i don't expect you to know um but yeah it's like i have half my head shaved what else do you want from me like (laughs) yeah no the heads can't tell and the people who need to can but also like i never came out like i just was out like there was a moment where i was out we have opposite problems yeah yeah (laughs) 
mine is like please notice that i'm this and like again like i care less now because especially using they them pronouns like if you can't figure it out like i don't know what to tell you um but yeah it's it's i think it was interesting because actually colby came to the same event that i was at and so many of those people like knew me but didn't know colby except through me and i don't know i always wonder what it's like being like oh this is my incredibly queer ex coworker, um and their very straight partner <laughs> <laughs> questionable but yeah i do feel that way sometimes in public where i'm just like oh right now i want to be queer and uh this one's hanging along <laughs> <laughs> it's not that i mean i don't care because like you know when i see another queer person i never judge them by who their partner is so like like my queerness is about me it's not about who i'm with um so i don't feel that weird about it but i i do think how people know me like the context in which they know me can skew that because if they already know my partner then i think it's harder for them to see me as queer Hmm. I can see that. He's well, especially in tech. It's like, yeah, you're the most generic tech guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, can't expect most... that you would be married to this thing. <laughs> mine's the most generic video game developer. Like, we really got just like stock models. <laughs> <laughs> our, our partners are NPCs. <laughs> Truly, but yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm not as bothered that he is my partner, but it's more like. You know how like, you present differently to different people? Sometimes yeah. I want to be like outwardly queer and it's a lot harder when you're like in the dynamics of like a heteronormative relationship. Yeah. Um, no, I get that. But yeah. Anyways. Like my family will straight was... up never see me as queer and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's also like, I think to the kids and to us and, you know, some other queer people being queer is just being queer. You, you could, you can be straight and queer almost i would you say, say quite, that you say like... that i mean i don't disagree but i haven't met a straight person doing it, it okay let me just no, say but like they could be <laughs> no they could yes um like there was a person i met in in, in reality in, in real life um and i'd known them before on the internet and i was like hey what are your what are your pronouns again and at the time um they were like oh uh she hers fine and then now like years later has gotten top surgery is uh, trans mask <laughs> like uses they them pronouns exclusively and i'm just like sometimes you just know oh yeah well that's kind of what i mean is that there's people who are never gonna like be able to evaluate on that deeper level but like yeah they are um and i think that going into the future and i hope going into the future that like identity becomes less and less and less of a thing it's just like do you want to fuck me do you want to have children with me all right let's go yeah which um, is what it is for the straights so like all we're asking for is equality <laughs> yeah. and well and well, last thing i'll say about this um i have always been an advocate of labels because i feel like the people who tend to be like uh don't label me i'm not a soup can it's like well you only think that because all of your labels is, are seen as default and there's been a lot of um positivity and community that i've found in labels but i also agree that like i'm tired of coming out like i don't want to have to do it all the time so maybe like a move away from that to where it's like yeah we accept that the norm of human experience is that there's like a vast amount of different experiences and a vast amount of different ways that you can present and whatever thing that would be great i live yeah. through a world where we don't have to have labels but yeah i, I just 90% of the people who say it are like, yeah, of course you don't understand labels. <laughs> I do. I do feel like that's why I love the queer label because people who label as queer are choosing that lifestyle of like, I don't need deeper things. I'm queer. I may be into you. I may be not. Let's have a conversation, you know? Like, yeah. And it's also like 
to me, it removes it from sexuality as a little bit as well, because it's like, oh, I could be ace or I could be talking about my gender and my sexuality or one or the other. Um, I started using it when I was starting to have gender feelings, but I didn't feel comfortable identifying a certain way. And I was like, oh, actually, this is a catch all. Like, yeah, it just feels I better. also like to me. And this is such a silly way that my brain like categorizes like queer versus gay people. And it's just like queer people are the people who liked Rocky Horror too much. <laughs> You're not wrong. I feel like queer feels more expansive to me. Like it's more open to lots of different interpretations and gay is more limiting. Yeah, gay is just your sexuality while queer is much more like a, a not a lifestyle, but just like an experience of life Yeah, that is different. Well, um, gay is just another binary, right? That's what it feels like. Gay or straight. Queer is yeah. expansive. It's a lot of things. It could be anything. You can be who you want to be, man. Whatever you want. Yeah. Um. Let's move on to the first. Sorry, I started thinking about something I might have wanted to talk about and bless this method, and then I went to a different world, and now I'm back. Let's move on to the first date <laughs> question where we make an effort to learn more about each other. This week, the first date question will be asked by me. And my question is, is if childcare and lodging was taken care of, and like financially you would get the same pay regardless would you rather be a disney influencer a travel influencer or a makeup lifestyle influencer okay i thought about this one i don't think i'd want to be a travel influencer simply because i hate flying i will fly to get somewhere but i'd rather not and also this is assuming that like like if i was a disney influencer or a lifestyle influencer i could like have more of a home base than if I was a travel influencer. That's how I feel anyway. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'd rather do lifestyle because I don't like the idea of being boxed in by content. Um, but you did makeup slash lifestyle and I don't think I would want makeup specifically or like fashion, any sort of style stuff wouldn't really be my jam. But if I had to pick like out of this list and it is makeup slash lifestyle, it would be Disney because I think I follow several accounts that are just tracking the updates on vegan food in Disney World, I could absolutely do that. Um, I mean, anyone can. It's about taking the time and effort to do it and like having the the money and, and ability, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if that can be an entire account that people follow and like whatever, then I could definitely be a Disney influencer. I think it would be annoying. Um, I think the crowd that follows Disney influencers is like the worst type of Disney adult. I accidentally trained my Facebook algorithm to show me more Disney adult type content because um, no matter how much I tell Instagram to stop, it won't. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want this. I actively do not want this. Please fucking stop. And I'm like, no. Well, here's, there was a Mickey Mouse. <laughs> there was a like some characters that weren't out all the time were out recently for Earth Day. And I was like, oh, and I clicked on one of the photos and then I, that just fucked me for the rest of the week, I guess. Because um, <clears throat> it keeps being Darn like, your curiosity to see the Dumbo. It's not my fault. I didn't know that Jane had a face character from, from Tarzan. Because <laughs> it, was, it was Jane and then it was also the one that like Rosie O'Donnell played. And I was like, these are not characters. And then I clicked on it and then I was like, uh-oh. And yeah, sure enough. So now it's like, oh, this week we're seeing these rare characters and like all the comments are just obsessing about like, I saw them in 97 and I'm like, I don't want that fan base, but I think I'd have the most fun like actually doing it. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And um, the reason why it really originally was just makeup, but I was like, you don't really wear makeup, so I wouldn't put lifestyle, but you're correct that the, the guise is to be a little bit more limiting and like specifically what it's supposed to be. Yeah, because otherwise lifestyle could be literally anything. Yeah. Um, but that was more to either be like, like it was, it, I couldn't like put it out to be like, okay, uh, homestead stuff, like, like just limiting it in a certain way. Cause I, I really think that that yeah. is part of the question. <laughs> yeah, um, no, totally. And the reason I think I could do the Disney thing is cause I wouldn't have to go every day. Whereas a lot of the other stuff you would have to do like travel, you'd have to be on top of it more. But Disney doesn't change often enough, so you can pre-shoot a lot of content. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of that what I was, me. <laughs> I was curious about because you're a person who does, like, enjoy travel. Because I was just on, like, TikTok and I had, like, gotten, like, a couple Disney influencers in a row and, like, a travel influencer. And I started, like, thinking about, like, what is that lifestyle, like, actually like? Like, how much of the rest of your life do you have to give up? Like, yeah. all of that. And I know that you've mentioned in the past, like, really, like wanting to live in Japan for a short period of time. So like, I was like, oh, that'd be like the way they would rather go than like being at Disney all the time. Cause I figured you were gonna go for the more travel-based ones, yeah. uh, but I wanted to leave one in there that wasn't travel-based. Uh, yeah, yeah, if I was a Disney influencer, I would have to live locally though, because uh, for, for, for Disney reasons, but also because I do not want to fly that often. I just really don't. Maybe I'd get used to it if that was my literal job. Um, I know I did when I was doing events more often, but it just feels, I don't know. It feels like a lot. And uh, you can't make me like it. <laughs> yeah. It also could be like you could drive a lot because like I also like living, hate driving. Near Disney, living near Disneyland isn't that hard. You know, like you could take a train, all of that. But like Disney World is a little bit rougher when you're built yeah. like us. <laughs> used <laughs> not to not wrong. be true. Uh, I used to want to go to Disney World every once in a while. And now I'm just like, I'm not super interested. <laughs> it's just a bummer. I mean, it's uh, expensive. And time consuming and florida like tired yeah and swampy and now i'm well, hot all the time anyway and <laughs> politically oh, and they, i don't want to go to florida <laughs> yeah i think it's about it's it's pretty similar to texas yeah but worse surprisingly i mean fair enough <laughs> somehow magically though disney is fighting florida so like i still am considering it nonetheless i stand to the right evil corporation listen it's a whole thing that like we you and i are fairly like pro rainbow washing simply because it makes bigots mad like whatever <laughs> yes you're trying to make money off something but like i think that this year is proof that we've had this conversation publicly before where we're both pretty okay with like corporate people putting rainbows because a it's usually the gay people at the company at their erg that did it and b it still is making a stance that queer is normalized. And you saw that like this year, it's going to be, I'm very, very curious to see what it's going to be like this year, but we'll definitely talk about that closer to June. Yeah. Um, for myself, I, I put the makeup lifestyle influencer <laughs> for me. Uh, I had a feeling because uh, you are even more of a homebody than me. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. <laughs> but uh yeah so like travel influencer immediately was like a firm no-go i would not enjoy that even a little bit now disney influencer is a little different because i could do like uh I, so like my initial thing would be to do merch because like i love like the art and all of that right like i love like the design that goes in it but i actually would never want to influence like 
purchasing specific things and also only for one company. Like, I yeah. think it's different when you go with like a vacation aspect, which like the food would be a vacation aspect, but I don't like food. <laughs> um, so it would then really become like either how to enjoy the parks, um, especially as like a disabled person, like that would be probably more of the way I go. <laughs> Or yeah, it like would be a like, fat person. You could be like, here's what rides yeah. you fit in comfortably. I can see a TikTok about that in my mind. <laughs> yeah. And then like the other thing would be um, merch, which I wouldn't really want to do. Um, so then I was like, I guess not Disney. And also the same thing with you where it's like, would I really want to be pigeonholed alongside um, those th some of the people who are the worst people on the internet? Some Disney adults are fantastic people that are just neurodivergent and trying to make up for a traumatic childhood. Oh, yeah. Point that's blank. Us. But uh, the other half are just very frustrating. Um, Tom from Walt Disney World News Today, for example. That's for those who know. Wow, callouts. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Well, and the thing I didn't mention is um, one of the... Uh, there, there's like some Disney influencers that were also selling like face masks when COVID first came out that had Disney characters. Like it was fully licensed characters that they obviously did not have the rights to use. And like... I think they were selling ears and stuff that were not like did not follow copyright guidelines. And finally Disney like kicked them out of the parks for life. And I'm like, obviously that wouldn't happen to me because I have a healthy respect of copyright and boundaries and things like that. But the fact that your entire life is based on one single company is a little scary. Yeah, it's weird. And also the fact that they think they're answer. above the law. Well, you're technically saying you're going to be like a vegan food influencer. Yeah, because it's the capitalism of it all that gets me. And I yeah. wouldn't want to do that for Disney, but I think I could do content in a way that's not that. Yeah. So like you found your way that you could go in and not feel weird about it because you're vacation influencing rather than capital influencing. Everybody must stand in line for this figment popcorn bucket. Obscene. I've seen, I did see someone on TikTok as I'm on Figment specific TikTok. It's just Figment TikTok. <laughs> Wait, did you see the, the Instagram post I sent you the other day? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. Just making sure. <laughs> um, but I saw someone rhinestoning it with like opalescent rhinestones and it looked fire. And I was like, Okay, Man. that's actually sick. But <laughs> it's also such a flex to be like, you know, this popcorn bucket that everyone stood in line for eight hours for? I'm gonna rhinestone it. And it looked good as hell too. I was like, yeah. Um, it was because I was trying to show one of our friends how chaotic Figment is. And then now I'm just, and I'm like, I'm not stopping this. Like, like, like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would choose makeup specifically um, simply because it's something that like I wish, I kind of wish there was a part of me that would just like sit down and do that. Like, I feel like I would really enjoy like doing like full makeup looks and like photographing it and showing that. Right. But like, like the level of like making a choice of like, this is what I am doing. And then every step that goes alongside it has always been too overwhelming for me. Um, so I think like if if I didn't have to think about the logistics behind like, you know. The influencing part. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I was just sitting there every day, just like, all right, I'm painting. I'm, I'm taking a photograph. I'm photoshopping. I'm tagging brands. That to I be fair, with. I do think that's what a lot of people do these days. Like there's less tutorial based stuff or like I see a lot of people that just post like these are my looks today and they don't like you know share the how-to or anything like that oh yeah like it's definitely like a viable influencing career because you could still get like uh giveaways you could still like do makeup looks specific for a brand 
um, being like, oh, they sent me this and this is my like NYX like face or whatever. Like it's definitely, but it's just one of those things that like I've never been able to like really like, because it's something I have wanted to do, but just it's something I can't like dedicate the time to emotionally. I don't know. So that's kind of where I was like, hmm. I mean, if there were like, if you could be any kind of influencer, not like assume you're going to get paid like 120K, regardless of what it is, 120K flat, what kind of influencer would you be and what social media platform would you use? This is really hard because like, I don't think that there is a lot of, I think it's hard when you say influencer versus like content creator because even though there's a lot of overlap and the reason is to me influencer inherently means like you're influencing someone to do something which is usually purchase something and that's how you make your money um and i just don't think there's anything i care enough about and or would would purchase would encourage people to purchase to that extent but if i broaden it to content creator which i think is more what you mean anyway that's why I'm into lifestyle because I would want to do content about tattoos or content about like body mods or um, then after I'm done with that, I could do something about ADHD and I could just like do whatever um, and not feel the boxed a- in The ADHD it. problem of refusing to choose a niche despite that's what I'm trying to force you to do. Literally, I've done <laughs> I've done niche stuff before and I'm done with it. Like I, I just can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe you just knowed the first day wow wow <laughs> hey i talked about it for 10 minutes <laughs> i just want you to niche yourself damn it well okay but this is why i stopped making content on the internet in the first place is because i was like i feel like it's impossible to make things without feeling like i'm pushing people to buy stuff and i was this is before i even got to like my full like anti-capitalism we're destroying the world because we're buying too much shit like moment i was just like I don't feel good about being free advertising for brands, even if they're brands I like. Um, And then, yeah, I just fully like left. So I would need to, I I just couldn't, I don't know. I don't know that I could do a niche because I think you run out of content at some point. (laughs) Not based on what I've seen. Uh, They just, I just unfollow them. (laughs) There are some (laughs) people that like go so hard in a niche. Like what, I think one really interesting, like, sort of niche um tiktoker is mercury stardust yeah who is the Shows trans handyman all the time in on, on instagram because i'm old <laughs> <laughs> and her whole thing is that she is a repair person so she teaches people who all don't feel um like capable or empowered to do handiwork how to do handiwork and that's an interesting way of like okay well you are an influencer but you aren't like telling people to buy something you're just like hey you need a sander to do this hey you need like putty to do this hey yeah here's how you fix your sink yeah and um literally last thing i watched was talking about there or she was talking about uh how to fix a sink earlier today but um yeah and i think that's an interesting way to be niched but like expertise kind of niche rather than a market niche yeah but I think that's why that's harder is because then you have to know stuff and like, <laughs> what do I know enough about to talk about for that much time? Um, I guess I'll just play Animal Crossing. Like, <laughs> But that's the thing. You can be a Sims influencer, right? Like it's something I think about a lot that like if you were willing just to niche down, it would be so much easier. 
but niching down. Yeah, but uh, well, I think that how many people do you see where they get popular for doing one thing and then as soon as they're popular enough, they're like, oh, thank God I can finally like stream a different video game. Like <laughs> people, unless you're hyper fixated on it. Actually, no, this is a great example. Um, uh, Struggle Care, aka Domestic Blisters on TikTok, mm -hmm. who talks about um, cleaning your house, but doing it in a way where you're not beating yourself up and how to do it when you're depressed or have um, executive function problems. Um, she started the account when she was in a hyperfixation about that exact topic and has talked about like, I'm kind of burnt out on that topic, but now that's what my livelihood is. Like, what do? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's some humans can niche down and it's like, no, I'm actually this obsessed with just the Sims or whatever, but I think more likely than not, you're going to get burned out and you're going to be sick of talking only about one thing. Yeah. That's why you got to get that like autism in there. But then like, see, I've thought about that because uh, I've thought about being like, oh, how could I market my special interest? And I was like, no, <laughs> no you're one not, wants that. You're not blessed with a special interest. Well, you could do like a an intense podcast series, but like nothing more. Uh, <laughs> At, like, like all the intense podcast series I listen to where it's like, ah, oh, eight hours about Henry Kissinger. That's something I listened to recently and I enjoyed it. And that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> That's this. You're looking into your future. <laughs> nah, like I really would. I genuinely would really love to be able to do that. But I just maybe in the future I'll be able to do a history podcast. I I, I can't believe that's who I am. Or at least like guest. I just want to guest on a history podcast. I you want my also, autism to like, be that strong. You could be behind the scenes where you're like, here I did all the, I did the research and the fact checking and stuff. I I if do that appeals actually. To you. I do keep my ears and eyes out for those kind of jobs. If I ever hear one I listen to, be like, "Hey, we're hiring. I'm gonna apply." Like that's legit. <laughs> no, that's that would be a good fit for you, especially because it would most likely be part time, so it wouldn't be like, you know, the slow march of death to capitalism. Yeah, and it would also be like choose your own hours for the most part. Right. So yeah, because they don't care if want. you work at three in the morning. <laughs> it's not their problem. Yeah, it's like that's when you wanted to learn about Kissinger. Then go for it, babes. <laughs> but yeah um that's okay <laughs> that was a really fun engaging conversation i enjoyed that thank you <laughs> um, let's move on to bless this mess where we uh talk about the mess that is our personal lives what's going on mia uh another week another time i talk about my feelings about twitter um at the event i was at last week uh i won this tech tips showdown um which is shocking to me because it was basically a bracket of the they had people submit them in a Google form and then they picked the top 16 tech tips and they could be anything. Um, and then they had us go head to head in like what ended up being more of an improv style challenge than I was expecting. Um, Cause the first round was you had a minute to pitch your idea um, and then people voted. And the second one was you have 45 seconds and you need to use the whiteboard in some way. The third was actually you're now uh, promoting your other person that you're going against, you're promoting their tip. And the fourth one was talk about something completely unrelated for a minute. Um, and I probably wouldn't have signed up if I had known it was more of an improv thing because like that's not my jam, but I'm glad I did because I had a good time. And I, again, cannot believe I won, but I did. Um, Woo! And then, thank you, thank you. Um, the tip that I submitted was to delete Twitter off of your phone. Um, just delete the app because you should love yourself. And I talked about like how draining Twitter is and like all the reasons I didn't want to delete it off my phone. And then I did. And my life has only been better for it. And I think it's genuinely very funny that that is considered a tech tip and that I won in an audience of techies that are all like very active on social media like that. Um, 
I was like, this is not the audience. This is not going to go well. And yet everyone was like, you're right. It is a hellscape. Like you see everyone in the back being like, okay. I I started it. out by being like, okay, how many of you um, use Twitter on a daily basis? And like every hand went up and I was like, how many of you enjoy your time on Twitter? And there were like three hands up. And I was like, I'm whatever you're seeing on your feed. I'm jealous because that is not my experience. And I think that's not a lot of people's experience. <laughs> and then between the two rounds, I, I like open Twitter on my uh, like uh, browser app because I mean, there's a workaround. You just don't have the app, right? It's not like I can't log in. Um, and I, I still access it on my computer. Okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a monk or anything. Okay. But I was like, I want to see what's on my feed so I can be like, yeah, I opened it and immediately it was this terrible news or something. Right. And the first thing I saw is that this porn bot followed me named sex boy, whose <laughs> bio was, I want a girl to have sex with or something like that. And I was like, this is the perfect example of why Twitter is terrible. And you just don't need that like to be so accessible. So I have somehow uh, made my feelings about Twitter dying and how terrible everything has been into, uh, I don't know, some kind of like comedy improv challenge that won me. Oh, yeah, I got a prize. I got a Sennheiser mic for your cell phone. So you can like, I said cell phone like I'm 40. Um, <laughs> Basically are. <laughs> oh, God, oh, the slow march of death. Um but you, you hook it up to your phone and then you have like a nice mic for on the go. And I completely forgot there were prizes by the end of it because I was just so swept up in the adrenaline of like having to speak in front of people multiple times. Um, but yeah, I won that and that's pretty cool. So like, I don't know, maybe I'll do a TikTok or something. Clearly the universe is telling me to vlog. <laughs> <laughs> um, that makes me think that's actually what I did with Facebook a long time ago because I was like, every time I'm on Facebook, I feel physically worse. So I deleted it from my phone, which like I didn't or I didn't even have it on my phone. I haven't had it on my phone in years. But I set an Apple thing where I have a limit of one minute on <laughs> Facebook a day so that I can go there if I need to check something real quick. Like, it doesn't completely knock it away from me. But it, like, stops the habit. So then if I'm, like, you know, it's just, like, no, you can't be here. And obviously I can go past that. But it's been enough for me to be, like, yeah, I don't really need Facebook in my life. And now I can pretend I don't have one. So that's also a tip that if you really want to like get Twitter out of your life, put like a very like a short limit even in Safari on there and it'll help. Yeah. I mean, I, I think sometimes even like maybe you're like, oh, I'm afraid to fully delete the app. Um, you can always just move it to a different screen or make it harder to access because I notice for me and maybe this isn't Twitter for you. Maybe it's Facebook. Maybe it's um, Instagram. Maybe it's TikTok. When I open my phone and I don't I've already forgotten what I'm opening my phone for, my finger just immediately goes to Twitter. And I needed to cut that like <laughs> neurosystem or whatever response out. I'm like, no, phone does not equal Twitter time. Um, and yeah, it's been a good, it's been good. Uh, do recommend, even though um, I'm still worried I'm missing things and I, maybe I am, but like I'm doing better. And by the way, I'm <laughs> I was not like, spending, for the better. <laughs> I'm not spending less time on my phone. I'm just playing more stupid phone games. And really that's what I want when I'm just like dicking around on my phone. I don't actually want to like, read the news and get sad or like you know see elon musk being a fucking wild person again you know yeah sometimes i just read am i the asshole instead literally like this is why i'm getting into reddit again because i'm like i guess i just need like a different network and need like a fresh start and like something that isn't going to impose so much stuff onto me like when i go onto twitter it's like here's every problem that's ever happened plus elon musk and i'm like i don't want this <laughs> the main problem that has happened recently Dude, it's impossible. Like, I've had him blocked for years and he still shows up on my feed, you know? Can't avoid it. 
that's his, what he wants. He wants to be in your heart and in your home, and he can't beg for that. <laughs> it's very uh, funny to watch the richest person in the world become not the richest person in the world because they just want to pay for people to like them, and he can't. That's what's so pathetic about it jokes. is like he's just it's so transparent he's like like me i'm cool and you're like you're not though and he's like no oh look here's more money like it's so stupid um yeah he's the worst uh i hope every day he checks how many people have him blocked on twitter and like pouts about it and that i'm helping i mean he probably does and then gives them blue check marks uh <laughs> i have been... seen actually quite a few people it seems like with the loss of legacy verified accounts like i see tons of people like who are notable in the tech space but not like outright celebrities or anything like that they're like i'm not paying to maintain my blue check mark like it's fine it's whatever like most of them wanted it so that they would have better protections on their account which is a whole other like why are you only giving certain protections to verified accounts whatever um so like all of them are like i'm not paying for a check mark or and or this is so stupid i'm leaving <laughs> like uh, i cannot tell you i met multiple people that um, at the conference that if you go to try to look them up on twitter it's like this account is no longer active please follow me on mastodon <laughs> are you caught up on all the blue chat mark drama because it's actually kind of fun and i'd be happy to tell you oh feel free to to catch me up i know only a little bit Okay, so let's go back to the past when the blue check mark was originally created. Keep in mind that it was created because um, someone did a lawsuit because they were saying people were falsely pretending to be me and therefore Twitter came up with this verification project process. Over time, it came to more protections and a lot of people in certain industries would get blue check marks and that would be a way to get higher up in their DMs. Like there was a whole different DM box for people with blue check marks. So it was like it became a... Um, I imagine if you're a celebrity, it's nice to have a filter for other celebrities, for example. Right. Or just like people who are like verified in their field of business, right? Like it, right. it had this level of like, these are people who legitimately use it. And then Elon rightly wanted to monetize people wanting to use the Twitter. I don't think anything is wrong with that idea. Um, and Blue came out before Elon even owned it. Um, yes. So... Let's be really clear about that. And also, I know multiple people who paid for Twitter Blue like before it became what it is now because they were like oh i want an edit button or like i'm on twitter enough that this is worth it for me and it's like okay cool like clearly i thought it was stupid i wasn't going to pay for it but other people were out there that were going to yeah and i don't even know if at that time it came with a blue check mark like that no it didn't be mostly elon thing but yeah like i it was, like, it was literally just like twitter plus you get a couple yeah. of perks and you pay monthly and it wasn't that much monthly if we're if like it's a thing you were interested in it wasn't egregious I follow someone who's like their job is that they do PR for celebrities. So they manage a lot of celebrity accounts. So blue was really worth it for them. So they actually had a year of blue. So they were like, I swear to God, I didn't pay for this under Elon's rule. Like <laughs> I still have this blue check mark because I'm technically paid for a year. Like there's nothing I can do about this. I can't wait till it goes away. Anyways, so that was part of what was happening is that some people had paid before this. So they were just like, oh my God. And so the day that they removed all of them, now I don't know if this is true by any means, but people were reporting that collectively between the people canceling Blue and getting rid of it, that they only gained 28 subs of Blue that day, which is an insanely oh low amount. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's fun to think about. Um, anyways, what happened is that basically having a Blue check mark immediately made everyone like a pariah. I think you that's still a correct word even if i don't like what they're doing like you yes. immediately just got bullied you got like treated like shit. it was like a 
bad stain on your account. Oh, but so you okay, so you're also missing the part where the legacy verified folks were lumped in with the people who paid for blue who also had a check mark. So if you looked at the account, you could mouse over not, the uh, check that's mark. not yet. That's not oh, yet. Oh, it's not yet. Okay. Okay. Uh, um so then um it became that and like people created like extensions like block the blue and stuff that would just make anyone with a blue check mark not show up when you're browsing on your browser. So because of that Elon then started giving legacy people stuff back. So there were a couple accounts he paid for himself, like King, Stephen King, um, and two other people who I can't remember. So there's these three people who were then had a blue check mark saying like, oh, they paid for Twitter blue, but actually not. Elon personally paid for their account. And Stephen King was like, whoa, what the fuck? I would never pay for this. I don't know what's happening. And then because it became such a thing that like if you had a blue check mark, it was like such a bullyable thing that he started giving back blue check marks to anyone that had over a million followers. Oh my God. So then you have people like Hassan or something like that getting their blue check marks back and be like, I swear to God, I didn't pay for it. But when you hover over the check mark, it says, oh, they're a paid user of Twitter blue. So now you have all of these people essentially like have, I can't, it's not a defamation, but there's like, it's a false representation mm -hmm. of themselves. And so they, he's just creating a lawsuit because they didn't pay for this. And because this thing is so against what their personal brand is, that's an active like way of taking away potential like customers from them or whatever, right? Yeah, especially if people are like knowingly, like you know that there are people out there who are blocking every single person who have used Twitter Blue, right? Like, yeah, that, that doesn't so... even seem hard to prove. <laughs> So it's like it's like a, a falsification, I believe, is what it legally is. So like you're just creating another lawsuit for yourself because you're like you created it to be such a like I am a bad person and that's. Hello. Anyways, that's where it cut off. I do think that maybe the podcast editor was sick of hearing about Twitter, and that is too bad. Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye.